here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. SAFM 104.6 FM in Twane. Ever wondered how our daily choices impact water that results in climate change? Blue Gold is a water documentary series that dives deep into the stories of ordinary people who put water at the focus of their everyday activity. From activists, scientists, farmers to fishermen, we explore where our water is running out and how to adapt to a new world. So catch Blue Gold on SABC2 every Monday evening at 7pm, brought to you by SABC Education, Enriching Minds, Enriching Lives. This is SAFM Sport with Tabiso Musia. Okay, we have on the line SNA 23 coach David Notuane. They got through Togo um, to qualify for the next round of the under 23 AFCON qualifiers, which also serve as an Olympic qualifier. Did it against all odds, David Notuane. So we thought we should bring him on just to find out how they did it. Coach, thanks for speaking to us on SAFM and congratulations on the win in this tie. Uh, hey, Tabiso, thanks very much, man. Thanks, coach. I remember when you came back from Togo where you scored two crucial goals, you you, you, were, you were stressing how important those goals will be at home, even though you were disappointed not to win at home. But how crucial were those two goals? And what worked on that day? Because we didn't see that game. Yeah, look, uh, I think, uh, as I said, you know, a two-legged tie is a very, very tricky tie. And if you take advantage by scoring away goal. Uh, you know, one is usually even good enough. You saw the result of Congo against uh, Tunisia. Now we got two, and uh, one was always confident that uh, coming back home, uh, you will see how these guys come up with their game plan. And you obviously put your game plan as well, trying to uh, uh, win the match, but also make sure that, uh, you know, you don't open yourself to uh, unnecessary conceding and away goals from their side. But with two, even if you concede, you concede one, you could still get away with it, you know. And that's the approach that we took, if you saw the game on Sunday, to be very, very economical and dominate the game from a possession perspective, but also looking for opportunities to get that one goal that could kill the tie. And that's a game you could have also won there, but, but I'm sure you'll take the result since you're going through to the next round. Yeah, no, definitely. We went in, uh, you know, to dominate it first. I must say, from a possession perspective, playing at home and also try to cover up opportunities to score at least that one goal, especially in the first half, which mm. never happened. And you saw that uh, later on in the game, they started pushing us a little bit. We became sloppy, uh, you know, with, with concentration lapses. And uh, also with the lack of experience from our young team, mm. uh, somewhere, somehow, you know, it started looking like uh, they could sneak one goal in. Uh, but we always knew that uh, we'd be in control of the tie. It was unfortunate that we couldn't get that one goal that would have changed the dynamics of the game. I was very surprised that they came and they stayed back and opted to play on counter, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, it worked very well for us overall. The most important thing is that we qualified through to the next round under very, very difficult uh, conditions, as you all know, with the unavailability of the 10 players of higher quality, perhaps, to put it in that sense, you know. Yeah, and then on that note, Coach David, how different was the team that played the first leg from the second team, from the second leg? <laughs> to be honest with you, uh, 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 I actually don't know really how different it was. It was just different dynamics, same team, different dynamics. Mm. But the interesting thing was that, uh, look, we lost Jaden Adams and we lost Antonio Van Veek. 
It's still in Bush. It's still in Bush and are regulars, you know. Mm. And uh, so then uh, we opted to go for the under 20 young internationals, you know. And I must say, Sam Gelozwane really put up his hand, uh, you know, to slot in into that uh, number six position. Because we also changed the formation to play with the diamond 442 so we could dominate the game from a, po- a position perspective. And I was very, very happy with uh, having brought in young SDEs and we also brought in Kateho, uh, 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 you know, from uh, uh, Kaiser Chiefs as well, you know. And uh, the boy on the left, uh, Omega, you know, M. Daga. So it gave us a bit of a balance. We risked playing with two left-footed centre-backs, but it worked out very well because they complemented each other. So it was also a very, very good experience, to be honest, to blood in these younger ones and see going forward how does it pan out in terms of permutations with uh, some of the guys that were not there coming in but have to also end their place in the team, obviously, you know. So I'm very excited to have qualified, but also to have, you know, graduated some of the under-20 players who are very inexperienced, and uh, but they stood their ground in this level of competition at under-23. Yeah, but it must be challenging not to have the players that you want. And and what causes this challenge, Coach David Notuana? Is it is it clubs being reluctant? Is it because the the games fall outside the window? Is it because the yeah. national team is not respected, like we saw with the under twenties? It looked like the the DDC was more important than the national team. Yeah, look, uh, it's a conglomeration of all these aspects. First, it starts with the scheduling of uh, the competition itself. You know. From a CAF perspective, the dates come out late when the PSL has already, you know, issued their fixtures. So, and then, of course, the clubs are also caught up in a situation where you have to make a call, you know, in terms of availing the players vis-a-vis their program. And remember, this is a World Cup year. So the calendar in itself is very, very compact, especially in this period that we're in. So while one, you know, understands there was behind the scenes, I must say, a lot of commitment from the clubs to try to assist us. And uh, those clubs that pulled out the players, to to be honest, was not really of their making, uh, because at some point, you know, they needed the players. We bargained even with TS Galaxy to get Samuel Matangu for this last game, and you saw he started for them. So Stellenbosch as well, you know, they had to pull the players out with injuries to some of their players due to this program. Yeah, but so overall, you know, it leaves one big question, of course. You know, that, uh, you know, is a national team still so available for South African clubs or not? And uh, that's a question not for me to answer. Uh, of course, one wishes that uh, we can always put the best, you know, team forward when it comes to this uh, national team uh, duties. Because at the end of the day, for South African football to, to be a recognized competitor at the global level, you need uh, your best players uh, put on the pitch. So also they gain experience, you know, mm. uh, and so it's so funny. I was talking to Aaron Mokwena to share with you, mm. who's with, with the under-17, and we were chatting around these issues, yeah. And, you know, in the conversation, you know, I asked him, by the time he played in the under-20s, going to the under-23s, he had 50 caps at under-20. Who? 50 caps. Which is how it should just, be. We, we, just to give you an idea of why that generation of players went on to uh, represent uh, Bafana Bafana, very, very well, you know. Mm. So today, it's a very, very difficult space that we are in. But the reality is these young players need more caps and more exposure to be able to graduate to Bafana Bafana. But yeah, it's things behind the, the scenes that we hope uh, we can get right from a calendar perspective with CAF and also bring back the national pride, you know, also from the club perspective. I feel the national teams kind of have lost that, you know, stature.
So you think there needs to be a better understanding with the clubs, better relationships to be built with the clubs? I'm not sure it's a question of relationships. It's just maybe a, a where are we putting, you know, a value in terms of players representing the national teams. Mm. Uh, uh, but again, as I said, uh, the synchronization of the calendar becomes very, very important also from COSAFA, from KEF, from everyone, so that uh, you don't find these situations where uh, 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 such important fixtures are played outside of the normal FIFA calendar, which, which as we all know, seeks to synchronize uh, all competitions so that there's no clash, you know. But the biggest issue here, Tavis, is that, you know, they move the senior uh, AFCON to accommodate the teams that are going to the World Cup, and mm. that has created all these problems for the under-23 you would remember that uh, the last campaign, we never really had issues through the qualifiers. Mm. We only had issues going to the tournament in Egypt, which hopefully this time around they would have gotten it right. But let's wait and see what happens, you know. But now, um, I think the next qualifiers against Congo, Co- Congo in March then will be in a FIFA window. You'll correct me if I'm wrong, but it gives you a headache now because then some players will be available and you've got this group that's also helped you to qualify for this round. Yeah, no, certainly from now on, we should be in cruise mode with uh, uh, all games hopefully being in the uh, FIFA weeks, which affords us an opportunity to integrate some of the players from the PSL and also players that are overseas based. You know, guys like uh, Siabonga Likenza, Katleo Mashio, uh, Chauke, you know, at Exeter, Southampton player. So it's exciting times. Of course, naturally, look, I said to the players that uh, when you represent the national team, it's about first representing the national team, and of course, we want to build a team. So you have to raise your hand in terms of your performances, uh, and they've done the business of helping the country get through to this qualifying round. So going to the next round, we'll have to look at the permutations that are before us, the opposition that is before us, and what this opposition requires in terms of uh, capacity and strength of the team. Because at the end of the day, it's about uh, South Africa going through uh, to AFCON and the Olympics, and that should override any issues of, you know, I, I, I played, why am I left out? Mm. Because the most important thing is that we are all contributing. I often joke, you know, with the players to say none of us should be really guaranteed that in the next camp we are there, including myself as a coach, because <laughs> you're never sure of, of, of your position, yeah. you know, until you are there on the pitch. And that, that, that that's generally how it is, that we should take proud pride in representing the country at every opportune moment that we're giving. And for me, that is the patriotism that drives me to continue the work that I do with SAFA. And I hope, as I said, you know, the players, the clubs, everyone can bring back that patriotism towards the badge of the country. Just the last one, Coach, you mentioned some of the players that are playing overseas like Chawoke, and there's a lot of criticism about coaches not picking overseas-based players or like we're made to believe that our coaches don't know our players overseas. I mean, what do you make of this assumption and how do you respond to this? Yeah, look, uh, generally, especially with the uh, young players, uh, behind the scenes, I've, I've done a lot of work building to this team and I can tell you now that there's a lot of players there. There's Nemeth in Belgium. Uh, there's uh, Royal Talk in Atalanta, 18-year-old. There's George Brooking, you know, in uh, Chelsea, uh, centre-back. But the biggest issue now we have with these players is that uh, they are all naturalised. They, uh, uh, they are South African by their parental birth. But the problem is, in terms of them getting the passports and the necessary documentation, it becomes a very complicated process. And some of them, you know, they have dual citizenship. Mm. So they also don't want to relinquish their current country, you know, passport. 
And uh, that's a discussion at the moment that's happening behind the scenes to ensure that we can absorb them. Because at the end of the day, Tabiso, uh, we can have that best player playing for Barcelona, but if the rules are that he's not prepared to give up Spanish passport in order to get South African passport, it's what it is. We saw with uh, Tavares, if you remember. Yes, I remember Tavares. Yes, you know, so that's the biggest issue now that we have to find a way to make sure that uh, we create a win-win situation. And uh, there's work behind the scenes that is happening to ensure that not only for now, but also to ensure that uh, in the future they can also represent Bafana, having represented the junior teams. Because I don't think it's fair that they just come in to represent Bafana just because they are playing overseas. They must also get the the necessary caps at the youth level. Some of them, they would have played for England at, you know, for example, at 15s, at 16s, 17s. And then when they see that they don't have opportunity to represent England, at seniors, then they want to turn back to Bafana. So what about the ones that have been given caps at youth level with our national team, South African-born players? Are you going to now discard them at the expense of uh, European-based players just because they are playing in Europe? Mm. So I don't think so. So I think that the talent pipeline pathway within our structures at SAFA is clear. And uh, one hopes that we can absorb them, uh, the younger the better, so they also understand the cultural aspects of uh, the playing for a South African team and integrating with South African players. But I think we'll get it right in the near future. Well, they must also take it upon themselves, coach, to have their papers sorted out. I mean, the same thing happened in Banyana Banyana. There was also a lot of noise about Faith Nogutula, but she didn't have a, pa- a papers and she wasn't even eligible to play for South Africa. So it's also up to the players to make sure that they get their papers sorted. But thanks, coach, for speaking to us. Thanks for taking our call. We just wanted to highlight what you have done so far because we know some people wait for the team to lose and then they'll start hammering. <laughs> but well done and good luck in that final round because you've you've been clear that the target is to go to after and from AFCON top three will get you to Paris 2024 so all the best coach thanks a lot and thanks for the opportunity we'll stay in touch as uh, we, we develop this program towards much thank you very much okay thanks coach David Notuana by the way he'd also called up the likes of Keshia Smailula uh, from, from Sundowns that everybody's talking about he was in his original squad that was due to go to Togo, to Togo there so it would be somebody that he knows also um, uh, the coach but he didn't have most of those players available for selection because uh, the matches were outside the FIFA break firstly so clubs were not obliged to release their players and and like some clubs, they didn't want to release their players. And like you heard from the second leg, now clubs like Stellenbosch asked for their players to come back so they could play a league match. They had a league match. Who did they play Stellenbosch this weekend? They lost to Amazulia. They lost to that really Bolia goal. Um, they needed their players for that match. So it's a tough one uh, for the coach. But but he's soldiering on against all odds. And he's through to the final round of qualifying now. So it's Congo next in March. They kn- knocked out Tunisia. And then if they win there, then they go to the junior AFCON, which is towards the end of the year. I think it's around November in Morocco next year. And then the top three qualifies for the Olympic Games in Paris.